Hello. Welcome back to the Bible Study Girl podcast, you guys. The first masculine voice that you heard on this podcast was the executive producer of the podcast, Bible Study Brother. Oh, I'm Sarita. You probably know me as Bible Study Girl. <laughs> Sorry, a little rusty here. Um, it is I, Bible Study Brother, but I am also known as Icarus Gray over at Gray Area Anime. But this is the most wonderful podcast of your day. We are glad to have you back with us. Good time. Good, good times. We're glad you guys took time out of your days to listen to us. You may listen to us while you're washing the dishes or while you're commuting from one place to the other. No matter how you're listening to us or when you're listening to us, we are incredibly grateful that you guys take the time um, just to hear what we have to say. Sometimes it's educational. Sometimes it's just foolish. But hey, gets the job done. Um, If you've been listening around here for a while, then you know that we are in our Boundaries series. We are reading the book Boundaries. It was written by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. It is an incredible look from a Christian standpoint of what healthy boundaries look like and how you can establish healthy boundaries in your life. I think one thing that has been true for me throughout the reading of the book is that each chapter touches a different part of me and challenges a different part of me. And today we are diving into chapter 13. If you have the updated and revised, I'm sorry, updated and expanded version of the book, chapter 13 is entitled Boundaries and Yourself. Or just chapter 12 for those of you that have the regular book. The old book. If you're an oldie. This would be your chapter 12, but um, I recommend that you get the updated and expanded version because it has a a, a cool chapter 12 that you guys just listened to um, that talks about boundaries in the digital age. I think we had a very full conversation mm-hmm. and it actually opened up a lot of dialogue in a lot of different areas that we could talk about when it comes to boundaries in the digital age in your Christian life, but we had to get on off of there last week because I feel like we probably could have talked forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, The more we talk, the more things just came to the surface. So if you have not listened to it, I recommend that you go back to last week's episode, listen to chapter 12. It was really top notch, top tier. If I do say so myself, I think We covered some really good topics. And like we said last week, I think that's something that we will continue to discuss because technology is ever evolving, ever changing. We're learning new things every day and having to deal with boundaries in the digital age uh, quite frequently because we are a very digital society. So anyway, uh, back to chapter 13. Actually, guys, first, I was going to say this earlier and I forgot I should have wrote it on a sticky note, but I didn't because I thought I would remember. Long story short, let me get back to my point. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) If you are not an avid reader or if you feel like you don't want to spend money to buy this book or any book that we review in the book club, there are free options. Number one free option is your local library. I'm a big advocate for libraries. I've been a member, a car carrying member of the library in every city that I've lived in. 
I'm making a mission, a personal mission to go find the closest local library because I love to read. It's part of who I am. It's part of what I love. And so I have library cards from many different states, the states that I've lived in. And I made my presence known on the scene. Um, my sister-in-law, Kanae, hit me to the Libby app. And if you have a library card and your library is participating in the Libby app, you um, put in your library card information on the Libby app and it gives you access, digital access to all the books that they have in their catalog. So you can read the books on your phone through the Libby app. Um, and they also give you access to audiobooks. So if you are not a reader, you can have free access to audiobooks, which is awesome and amazing. And some weeks when I'm super, super swamped and I know we're reviewing a chapter, I will listen to the chapter on an audiobook while I'm working. Yes, I am uh, multitasking, but it has been helpful for me. I think uh, the Boundaries book, though, is a book that you should have a physical copy of so you can go through, highlight things. I do that as well. I do both things. I don't do either or. I do both because um, it helps me figure out the things that stick out the most to me. So um, that's a free resource for you guys. If you can get to the local library, you uh, have access to books on books on books on books. And I will also say that my local library, um, the one that's closest to my home, also lets you rent out tools for free. You know how I know? Uh, I was in there one day picking up books for book club and they had a sign up sheet and just uh, they were like, you can rent these power tools from us for free. Like you can check them out, not rent. You can check them out for free. And so I sure did get one of those power tools to help me install my security camera over my garage in the brick. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what your local library offers, but it's definitely worth a try. Um, they have, like at my local library, they give food. I mean, they just have so many different programs at the library. And honestly, I think to myself, why did I not become a librarian? Because I love books. Like I have an extreme passion for books. Books are my friend. We get along. Um, but anyway, so back to the subject at hand. Hopefully you found that little tidbit helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, what are these days? <laughs> well, one thing I will say, too, is that... Um, I'm a big advocate for therapy. I'm a big advocate for getting all the help you can. But a lot of times I do have to step back and say, what kind of resources do people have? Because a lot of times in America, mental health and getting mental health is a luxury because it's expensive and it's expensive for me. But I tell myself it's worth the cost. Um but there's also just me in this household. So I don't have to take into account feeding kids or, you know, all, all that other stuff. So I do, I want to share my experiences with you, but I also want to be um, a resource and a help as much as I can. So that's why I went on my spiel about the library, because even if you can't get to a therapist, there are tons of books that you can read to help you. I think, um, and we'll talk about it today in the chapter with boundaries and yourself. 
we are not meant to exist and live on an island as much as I like to be to myself at times and have my quiet time and my alone time. God didn't create us for that. He created us for community. And that's a theme that continues to come up in all these books I've been reading. And so I want to make sure that I'm being as helpful as I can in providing you guys resources to get that community help that you need. And also, if you have to go sign up to get a library card, I mean, you have to go out and you have to talk to people. So two birds, one stone. All right. I'm off of my library soapbox and now I'm on to chapter 13, Boundaries and Yourself. We have done an extensive look at boundaries that we can have with other people, but this chapter takes all that away. And we talked about how difficult it can be to establish boundaries with other people. Honestly, I think it probably is most difficult to establish boundaries with yourself, right? To thine own self be true and establish those boundaries with yourself. And so chapter 13 does a beautiful job of not only discussing the different internal boundary conflicts that we can have, uh, but giving hope, giving solutions. You know, I am very, I like practical tips. Like you can tell me my problem. You can tell me what's wrong. You can be the most eloquent speaker. But if you haven't given me anything that I can walk away with and actually use on that day, then I'm not really, not really into that. Not so much. So, um, Like I said, chapter 13 gives us an in-depth look at just some of the issues that we can have. So there's a whole section called the out-of-control soul, and it talks about seven of the common personal internal conflicts that we can have as people. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are more because people have a variety of issues. These are just seven common internal conflicts that people encounter um brother mm-hmm. of those seven internal conflicts which conflict resonated the most with you um let me see here Tell and us, i can go through real um, quick he's deciding which one resonates the most with him i'm gonna read them to you really quickly so there's food money time Task completion, words, sexuality, and substance abuse. Of course, there are other internal conflicts that people have, but these are just broad categories. So, which ones stick it uh, out to you? Number one is task completion. Um, initially, I thought it from what I was reading uh, through time. I thought it was that, but then I was like, no, I don't really do this. I've I've been raised differently, especially when it comes to arriving places. I don't like being places late. I would rather be early and just sit in my butt still and, you know, watch a video on the phone than to be late and like rushing or somebody expecting me to be somewhere. Uh, We used to always do this with the movies. We would be there 30 minutes or more before the movie actually even starts uh, so we can get snacks or, you know, and then we sit and do the trivia with those type people. Um, So going through this and, and realizing that I've been going through a season, especially like whether it's with this podcast, my own podcast, my own channel, where I just 
have such a lack of follow through and easy distractibility. Um, and thinking about it from the, the, the standpoint of being a poor finisher and all this other stuff. Um, so that was one, um, food was there. Food, food was, um, was, is, was on the list. Uh, I I was thinking about how high and I realized, like I said, more and more that I've like, when I start looking at pictures of myself, it's one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, food. Because I look at myself and I do feel shame. I do feel like, you know, what am I going to do to try and change myself when I know food is so pivotal for me? Uh, and it's not just a uh, a comfort. It's also embedded in my purpose, you know, Um in terms of like the things that have always brought a light to my eyes is cooking for people. I do enjoy it a lot. Um, so those two were kind of battling me a lot and kind of looking at myself and just kind of trying not to condemn myself. Cause that was also you know, talking to you about that in there about like, Hey, you're going to, you know, you're going to have failure and we'll get to that. I know, I know a little bit later, but, it was just really difficult, man, to, to kind of look at myself from this point of view. And that is one reason why I think the Boundaries book is a good read, but it's a hard read. Not necessarily like the words, but like when you really look at yourself and you have to evaluate, man, you know, how can I be better? How can I do better? And I definitely agree with you, brother. This chapter is really about the fruit of the spirit of self-control and how easy it is for us to just continue to walk in whatever's comfortable for us and not exercise self-control. And so when I think about my out of con- my out of control soul, food is definitely high on the list of the internal conflicts I have. Uh, food is delicious, right? And I use food as a comfort. You know, our family is very centered on food. We use food to celebrate. We use food when we're sad. We use food when we're happy. We just use food. We believe in food. There is not a gathering <laughs> where there won't be food. Um, And I'm not saying that like in a blame context, like I'm saying it because I love food. And that is, it's, it's, it's like one of my things and I don't really exercise control when it comes to food. I overindulge quite frequently. And even though I love vegetables, I love fruit. There's just something about a good old ice cream when you've had a bad day. Yep, Strawberries don't hit the same. McDonald's don't help, man. That rewards program be taking me out because it's the it's the first rung. You know how much <laughs> McDonald's ice cream I have had in the past like couple months. Cause a lot. It's so much because every I time, didn't even know that about you. Have you had a lot of frosties lately? No, I don't because our our Wendy's is like just it's too far to go. Got it. Their line is 
their line sucks. It's like a one window type of situation. So it's like it's going. But McDonald's is right there. Right there. It's, it's right, right there, there. and <laughs> you spend ten dollars, which is a thousand points, right? Because <laughs> every dollar is a hundred points. If you spend, you know, you go twice, you got enough for a free cone. And if you eat at McDonald's as much as I eat at McDonald's, when you're clearly, just brother, to get you got quick, the point system. Like, listen, man, I can never spend like you. I can never spend enough because a lot of the time I don't be wanting to get no. Like you can spend six thousand and get a Big Mac or uh there's some other sandwich or something like that. And I have done that. I have been, as we call it, I have been big fat and done <laughs> and done that thing before. But the ice cream portion is like I will literally get whatever I'm getting and get the free ice cream and then like I eat the I sit and eat the ice cream before I get to my food. So I don't have to like, you know. And I'm I'm definitely a dessert with every meal kind of person. Like I love sweets. Uh hands down sweet. Me in the kitchen, bake a cake. Yes. I will bake a cake mm-hmm. and some cookies. And what else we want? Some muffins. Like I'll do all of that stuff. So Yep. And I handle the savory. You handle the sweet. I know. handle the sweet. So yeah, food is one of my things. And one thing he says, though, in the book, though, I'm going to read it verbatim because I think it is so powerful and it so applies to me. It says the comfort from food is less scary than the prospects of real relationships where boundaries would be necessary. Mm-hmm. So true. And it is so true for me. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> He mm. he was talking. They they not just it's two two me and they both were talking bad to me in this chapter. So another place, <laughs> another area I really struggle with is money, and we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this frequently on the podcast. When it comes to self control and money, I don't have a lot of it. So I've asked for help from my family and my friends, and I've been very vocal about it. And I think because it's not y'all struggle, it doesn't really resonate. You know what I'm saying? Like when I, so don't ask me if I want to go because I want to go. I want to go. That's the thing. You know, I do. Yeah. But is that the best financial decision for me right now? No. And like I've talked about it and I say it and I say it and it's like, but at the end of the day, it's not your responsibility. Yes, I, but I, but I also need people to like help me. Yeah. I need people to help me. So I do struggle with the money because I enjoy life. I enjoy travel. I enjoy going, but I have not financially. I'm not in a position right now where that's what I need to be doing with my money. You know, it's harder to notice because you don't have a boundary issue with task completion. If it's time mm-hmm. to get something done, you get it done. And therefore, right. It can be immediately interpreted that well, you did whatever it is you needed to do to be able to take this trip. No. And what you did was is yeah, you signed up and did the stuff within this system that you need to do. But in terms of like budgeting and like it's it's these visual the cues things that you can't see that you I just can't done. see them, right? You know, and like so often, like learning in this book. Not just about my own boundaries and how I need to 
take care of me, but how you need to interact with people. Even the the uh, the one about you and your spouse that me and Kane did was so illuminating to like, nah, fam, that's on you. Like that's how you feel. You can't you can't walk into a conversation. You did, you did, you did, you did, because at the end of the day, you're the one dealing with whatever it is. You can only deal with your emotions, speak on your emotions. And that has been like a difficult transition. So this, you know, portion of the book that we're, that we're going, that we're discussing um, has been so illuminating in a sense of like, bro, it ain't, it, it ain't easy to say no. It ain't easy to see all of the, you know, the, the stumbling blocks that you set yourself up for, uh, that you got to do better in and, and like, it's okay. You know, brother, you provided the perfect segue into the next section that we're going to talk about. So the next section is why doesn't my no work? Right. We talked about some of the things that we truly struggle with. And in the next section of why doesn't my no work, it gives three possible reasons that we struggle with establishing boundaries with ourselves of course, there are many more, right? This is not an all-encompassing book. There's not every single reason in here. But the thing I like about this book is that it gives you options and things to look at to kind of start to dig deeper and figure out the areas that you have difficulty with. So um, they give three reasons. Which reason do you think you find yourself using most often as a reason why you can't say no to self. <sighs> give me the, give me the three again. Okay. So the three reasons are that number one, we are our own worst enemies. Number two, we withdraw from relationship when we most need it. And then number three is that we try to use willpower to solve our boundary problem. So yeah, just a combination of all three. All so, three, because it starts with uh, not wanting to ask for help, or or feeling like it'll be a burden if I do, or no. Well, the worst enemy is first, so it starts with me being my worst enemy and getting into that place where I'm not encouraging myself. Secondarily, then it's about not asking for help. If I ask for help, I'm gonna get told whatever, and then you end up at willpower. Because I got to will myself through these things and they, you know, it's just like they transition from one to the other to the third and, you know, just go kind of in a cycle. Um, I, I think that's true for me, too. I am a combination of all of those reasons why my no doesn't work. Um, the book gives a beautiful example. If willpower worked if willpower was enough then we would not need uh we wouldn't need jesus we wouldn't need the cross if willpower was enough for us to stop sinning or you know anything that we're doing we wouldn't need jesus so definitely willpower is not going to do it i think my number one thing probably is though that i'm my own worst enemy it's easier for me to try to manage everybody else around me than it is to manage myself and my internal struggles and the things that I struggle with. Because like I said earlier, that's not something that's visible to you. It's not something you can see. Um, but I can see other people's stuff so easy. This is your problem and this is what you need to do to fix it. 
And it is more difficult for me to look at myself and work on the things that I know need to be worked on, the things that need to be addressed. So I think, I think, I think we are, we're in good company with that. So um, with that being said, we have all these internal conflicts. We realize that our no is not always going to work. The next step for us is to figure out what is going to work. How do we get to the point where we can have healthy boundaries with ourselves? And so the book gives a beautiful, back in chapter eight, we talked about conflict resolution and how you can get to the bottom of a problem. And they gave, um, I don't remember, I think maybe I read them on the podcast, but like you go through and you figure out like the root of the problem. You do all it's these your, steps, uh, right? Your boundary checklist is what you Yeah, your boundary checklist. You go through and to help you get to the root of the problem so that you can solve the problem. So they do suggest that you go through the boundary checklist again, not for your external problems with people, but for these internal struggles that you have. Um, and after you go through the boundary checklist, you come to a point where you say, well, how, how can I get all this started? Like, I recognize the root of the problem. I know why I struggle with um, overeating. I know, uh, like I said, like, I'm just using overeating as an example. I know why my overeating is there. What can I do about it? So they give you a very real and practical tips you can use. The first thing they tell you is that you need to address your real need. Like I said, you need to figure out why. Why do I spend money like I do? What is it about that? What excites me? What thrills me? Like what to take... I have to go beyond I like to spend money and get deeper and figure out why. And if the answer is because it makes me feel good, well, why does it make you feel good? Like, what are you, what are you missing? What are you lacking? I remember, um, this is kind of a tangent, but also relatable. So I've lived a life. Biggest loser was casting in Dallas. So myself bible study cousin and sweet baby's mama and her boyfriend at the time we all went to dallas so we could audition <laughs> for the biggest loser bible study cousin's best friend lives there she was like yeah y'all can come stay with us um so we get in line right to audition for the biggest loser because we're big all of us are big and like hey they might let us on, but <laughs> one of the things we found out in the process as we're in this long line, this is like the funniest, this is like one of my best memories. So there was a, one thing you figure out when you're in line is that everybody has a story. Like, it's not just I'm fat. It is, I'm fat. I had three heart attacks. I lost my left leg. I need this. So we are standing in line and there's a guy. I wish I could remember his name. Sweet baby's mama can't remember his name either. 
And he had a smaller woman that was there with him for support, just more support with him as he's going through the process. And he actually, I think he had like a whole community of people. They weren't auditioning to be on The Biggest Loser, but they wanted it to be known. Like, we support you. I'm going to say the man's name was Jason. I don't know that that's his name, but his name is going to be Jason for the purposes of this story. (laughs) We became so invested in Jason's life and Jason's story because Jason was sharing his story with everybody. And Jason had such a big support group and such a big support team. But Jason was able to articulate his real need and the community of people that were with him as he was in this line were able to talk about Jason's real need. Now, you know, we didn't get on the show because we couldn't articulate a real need, but we was fat and we want y'all to help us, but we didn't have the deep, the deep dive work to really get on. You know, so the, is, uh, <laughs> the funniest thing about that is like we do, but much like you said, it's just not something that we diagnose. Uh, right. Because I remember like e- even thinking about food. So just as a story of how I would have gotten on the show or could probably get on the show now. Like, oh, honey, now I have a story. All them people that die, uh, I can, baby. I'm saying I before then, story. my story would have been that, you know, I just didn't feel like I fit in my family. Because no matter how much I ate, I didn't gain nothing. And so, you know, after feeling like a failure and I finally started, you know, gain gain a little bit of weight, but I'm thinking, all right, I, you know, I'm going to lose it because I'm just used to that. Um, and I'm not really noticing how my confidence is fading and waning and, like I'm working out or at least I started working out and I was doing pretty good, but it was not filled with anything substantial. It was just filled with this hollow longing to be something that was wanted. Uh, and so when that didn't happen, I just started eating. And also oh, you got your eating. biggest loser story. Yeah. I kept eating. Like it's just, and now, you know, we're here and it's like it, cause when you, when you, have metabolism at a certain age you just always go okay it ain't gonna take nothing okay it ain't gonna take nothing i just gotta i just gotta and you know or if i lose 50 i'll be great if i lose this i'll be great if i lose that i'll be great and the next thing you know you just sitting and looking at yourself and seeing that you are the you are definitely the biggest that you've ever been uh you, you like definitely are carrying the weight in all the places and it's right there in front of you so yeah well like i said jason had gotten to the underlying real need of why he was overeating he was able to share his story and articulate his story and say you know food is just a symptom for this i use food to replace that at that point in time i did not have the emotional intelligence to know, okay, you're not just overeating because you like food. There's a reason. Like at that point in my life, I was just like, no, I just like food. That's why I'm fat. And so again, Jason was able to address the real need. So the next, after you address your real need, you need to allow yourself to fail. We're not perfect. Never going to hit it out of the park every time. It just won't happen. We are not a perfect people. We're living 
in a fallen world. Um, so allow yourself to fail. Allow yourself to have some failures, but that doesn't mean it's all over. It's all forgotten. Then you need to listen to empathetic, empath, empathic. I don't know why I'm saying words. <laughs> it's just what happens man like you said you make mistakes you just keep going so you listen to empathic feedback from others people who will when you fail they won't say oh you're never gonna be anything you need people in your life that can say yeah you messed up i believe you know, you can make a better choice the next time. And it's important to have those. We also need to welcome consequences as our teacher. We've talked about sowing and reaping throughout reading this. And a lot of times uh, children have difficulty maturing when parents take all the consequences um, when they make an error. So I think a, a good, a good, a good experience for any of us to have is to really accept the consequences that come. Like we talk about, I talk about quite frequently my inability to efficiently manage my finances, right? One of those consequences that I have to work a part-time job because I'm not managing my finances properly or because I haven't managed them properly in the past now to pay off debt. When I get off of my full-time job, I go to the part-time. I pick up PRN shifts. I have to do all those things. They are a consequence of me swiping that credit card at one time so that I could go to Jamaica. You know, I, I have to pay for that. So I think that's a, something we need to think about. We also need to surround ourselves with people who are loving and supportive um, I think it's important to not just be with people who struggle with the same addiction you have. Like, I think those support groups are great, but I think it helps to have loving and supportive people who don't necessarily struggle in that same area, because I think they can give you some valuable help and input. And of course, like I said, you can have people in support groups. You can join Overeaters Anonymous. You definitely need that, but you don't need to be around people that are going to, you want people that are going to be empathic, but you don't want people that will co-sign and go along with your sickness, with whatever area of self-control you are struggling with. You don't need a whole lot of those people because chances are You've been surrounding yourself with those people anyway. And that's why you really haven't been able to break free. So boundaries in yourself, man, it has been uh, uh, pushing a pool, a tug of war with myself throughout um, the course of my life. Big encouragement to you all, though, is to remember, and I've said this a couple different times. We've said this a couple different times throughout these episodes even if you stop even if you fall even if you quote-unquote fail it doesn't mean you lose everything that you gained taking the steps that you did absolutely and we encourage i have to remind that. i know you talking um i've been real talking today i have to remind myself though sarita you're making progress yeah every time you fall you're making progress Yep, this is not the four uh, 
40 meter, you know, or 40, 40 yard dash. Um, this is a marathon and in a marathon, you know, you pick up your pace, you slow your pace. Sometimes you stop, but we're here to encourage you to keep going. Um, it's hard to set good Christian boundaries. Uh, I was talking to Kanae the other day about how we have so many different things that are com- uh, that were taught to us, that were institutionalized for us. Culturally, it's hard. You know, as, as a black man in America, it's hard to set boundaries. It you you it's harder still to trust the relationship with God. And like seek him and know that you are always going to need him when you, you know, when your parents and their or your parents' parents and and their parents' parents were like had to be hidden and had to like believe a certain way because otherwise they didn't feel safe or all of these different things that were like happening around. And so we're constantly dealing with the privacy, quote unquote, of of boundaries and, and things that we need to speak to the community about or speak up about. And so it's hard to like even notice the places where you need to just talk to God because you you feel like you got a willpower. You know, maybe you feel like you are your worst enemy. Maybe you feel um, like you don't want to ask anybody for help. These are all things that are sometimes culturally taught because of a perception that is not true of you. Um, you are loved. You are enough. God loves you. And, you know, we're here with you on this journey to continue setting boundaries. Absolutely. Take it away, maestro. So remember, guys, that all of our uh, social things are down in the description. And they um, actually are now. Proud of they myself. actually are. <laughs> uh, so you can get to uh, all the different places that we are. Make sure that you follow us on YouTube. Uh, we're still on that road to 100. Um, we are going to be way more consistent with. Uh, I will say in 2024, the YouTube will be. There are things in the works behind the scenes. 2024, YouTube is going to be lit. Yes. Like my hip talk. No. Okay. <laughs> Your hip talk. <laughs> Your old hip um, I am old. I told you I knocked on the door of 40 and opened it and I stepped through. I'm still <laughs> uh, anyway, we love you guys. Remember that it is not I or you that preach, but we preach. And until we meet again, guys, keep preaching.